Hello, and welcome to the TV Movie Rewind Podcast with Matt and Todd. Hi, everyone. This week, we are discussing the 1997 jungle horror adventure, Anaconda. Yep. Um, This is one of the first movies you and I probably saw on our own, Matt. Well, the first movie we saw on our own, just you and me, was Terminator 2. Oh, was it? Okay. All right. So that was quite a bit further back. But I'm saying with our own car, like our own transportation, like as more or less adults. Pretty much. But um, this was the first of a summer long trip where we went to like midnight showings every yep. weekend. Yep. We made it our mission. Yeah. Kicked that off. And we really enjoy. I mean, this is a fun movie. It's It's got its issues, which we will discuss. Like. I mean, well, it's a monster movie about a giant snake. Of course, it's going to happen. Yes, but even for a monster movie with a simple plot, the characters themselves seem to lose track of the plot, as simple as it is. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's clearly, it's not Jaws. Um, no. I'm not sure it's trying to be Jaws. It's um, it's a movie I remember being surprised that it existed at the theater, even for 97. I remember oh. thinking, "Oh man, they're still making they're still making movies like this." Um, I, I remember being very surprised. Like this is probably the first like monster or what uh, wild gone amok or however whatever genre you want to put it in. I had seen for quite some time. But uh, and while this this type of movie would still get made today, it would not get a theatrical release for sure. Be, no, it right, would be direct to Sci-Fi Channel or. Right, you know, Shutter or some streaming service. I, I think, yeah, it wasn't so much like I was surprised they made the movie. I was stunned to see it in the theater, even in, even in '97, because this is like '97, so everything was supposed to be in Tarantino movie, some like super violent, like slick crime thing, or yeah. uh, maybe like a nouveau slasher after Scream. Well, and here's a little tidbit about the movie that you know I only just realized myself. But in the movie Zombieland, Emma Stone's character, Wichita, reflects on 1997 because they open a bottle of wine in, in Bill Murray's mansion that they're staying in. And it's a, the year is 97 on the bottle. And Emma Stone's like, oh, 97, that was the year I saw my first R-rated movie, Anaconda. Anaconda's PG-13. That's very disappointing. So, well... It could just mean that in, in not only did the zombie land universe have to deal with zombies, they had an R-rated cut of Anaconda to go oh, I, see in the theaters. I kind of want to see that, actually. I'm sure it just involved more swearing. Most likely, yeah. yeah. Uh, before we get into the, the, the movie proper as well, I want to just briefly discuss the director, uh, Louis Losa, L-L-O-S-A. I, there's probably a Probably I mispronounced that, but he was a Peruvian director who directed another movie we really enjoy, Sniper, with Tom Ballinger and Billy Zane. The first one, correct? Yes. Yeah. As well as The Specialist, which was Stallone and oh. Sharon Stone. I didn't know he did The Specialist. That's a fun movie. Uh, yeah. So he, he directed, and he didn't direct a lot. But what, from what I understand is he started a production company in his native Peru, which is doing extraordinarily well. They, he produces films and uh, telenovelas, telenovelas and all, all sorts of things. So apparently he found his niche in producing and left directing behind. 
I bet we've seen or heard of some of the stuff too, and I, I imagine some percentage of it was remade here with like a you know a different cast. It was hard to tell. And just don't it realize like it. It had all um, Spanish names as I went through his right, right. History, so. But I, I'm willing to bet one or two of them is like something remade on Netflix or something. Yeah, more than likely. So, Anaconda, of course, stars Jennifer Lopez, Ice Cube, John Boyd, who was both the best and worst thing about this movie. Oh, for sure. Um, and Owen Wilson in, in a very early role for him. This is only the third movie he appeared in. So, I mean, he's become, came, became such a big star. You know, it's, it's funny to go back and look at him in this much smaller role he plays as well as Eric Stoltz who as we know spends most of the movie unconscious you I forget sometimes Aaron Stoltz Eric Stoltz Aaron Eric Stoltz is even in this movie <laughs> it's no it's exactly you, you you when you see it for the first time in a long time and his name pops up and then you see him it's like oh you're right he's the guy who's asleep through most of the movie even while watching the movie I forget he's in the movie. <laughs> I, I don't remember now granted you know this is well 25 years ago now um I don't remember I feel like this might have been at the height or near the height of Jennifer Lopez's um popularity like when she first came to like you know public prominence and I, and I suppose that might have been why this got a theatrical release where it might not normally have she was definitely the star power of this movie that's my under yeah that's how I always understood him and her and ice cube probably yes. Um, John Voight had been a long time in Hollywood, but this was almost a little resurgence for him as he started appearing in, in uh, you know. Yes, yeah, you started seeing him in more stuff after this. Yeah, because he's he good. Is... He's good, but the 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 choice with the accent. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll get into it, but yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, we'll get into it. Well, let's just uh, right on the line. He's my Whip Bissell Award winner because hands down. Hands down, because he sells it. He he does as best as he can. Like he owns the character. He's he's um, he is good at the as the character, but he does have to try to go through that accent the whole time. And sometimes, I don't know if it's just because he's a good actor, and you know, I'm, I enjoy the movie, so maybe I just want to, or I don't know, maybe it just eventually works. Like, do you just get used to it? I don't know what it is, but it just it just doesn't feel right. He is so into the role for sure. It's yeah. what sells it. He is having the best time playing this this villain you know he, he obviously enjoying it but he he's also chewing so much scenery oh he yeah probably contributed to the deforestation of the <laughs> amazon rainforest as much as you know anything else he's a hell of a lot of fun to watch and, and i like the way they sell him as the villain too because he's not like while well, he's obviously the villain just by the way they shoot him and his smug and kind of the way he he's acting like his motivations at the beginning aren't like immediately evil and, and as far as you know they are sincere until the turn of the events uh, of, of the movie actually happen um yeah which i kind of like that like he's not cartoonishly evil no and and also in many ways this movie is this kind of a sneaky remake of creature from the black lagoon oh go on because i've never actually seen that well, I mean, they both involve an expedition down the Amazon. They both encounter a creature they did not expect to find. One member of the party puts the rest of the party at risk because they become obsessed with capturing the creature. And 
death and chaos results. Okay, right on. Um, it, it really you replace the it, the anaconda with the gill man, and it becomes creature from the black lagoon remake. Oh, right on. Um, the 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 guy obsessed with capturing the creature isn't a villain in much of the way that John Voight's character is. More again, just the more like a King Kong. With. Yeah. And again, like you, you, you mentioned, this isn't Jaws, but there's parallels to Jaws, too. Uh, well, I mean, Voight... anytime you have a giant or a killer animal, it's always going to be, you know, you're always going to parallelize it to Jaws, and that's probably fair. Well, and John Voight's character has some similarities to Quint yes. as well. He even has a similar Quint-like speech. Yeah, with the, with the obsession and, and all that. So, as we said, the plot is real simple. You know, Jennifer Lopez, Ice Cube, Eric Stoltz, the guy whose name I can't remember, but he plays the on-screen the, the narrator. Yeah, hold on, I'll look him uh, up. Because he so was going to be my, he was going to be uh, one of my choices for the uh, Bissell too, because he's he's he plays his character exactly right. Yes, especially when it's one of those again, it's one of those thankless role characters right. he's playing. Right, you're just waiting for him to die. He's kind of a jerk. Like he is exactly who you think he is, and he's you know he, he does it really well. And, and he, and, well, we'll get to that, but he does get to have his heroic turn, despite Jonathan, you know, it Jonathan cost Hyde. him his life. But you know, he went out being heroic. Right, Jonathan Hyde, by the way. Jonathan Hyde, and then we got Owen Wilson and Carrie Wurr. Oh, so, and it should be mentioned just extremely briefly: uh, Danny Trejo at the very beginning of the movie. Um, oh yeah, in, in, it's in, not so much a blink if you'll miss it moment, but it's Danny Trejo twenty five years younger, and damned if he doesn't look a lot different. Well, plus, so it, it took me a moment to really notice him. We're pretty sure the voice was dubbed in because the speaking is not. Yeah, sounds nothing like Danny Trejo. No, not at all. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised that because the the voice because it, it's the opening sequence of just some unknown guy on his river right being right. attacked by the anaconda, and he sounds panicked as he's trying to call for help on his radio. It wouldn't surprise me if they just couldn't get Danny Trejo to sound panicked. Because right. Danny Trejo is just always going to sound like a badass. Yeah, right. Like, I just killed a snake. Like, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, I could actually see Danny Trejo, like, grabbing the snake and, like, killing it with his own teeth. Right. I'll swallow. I'll swallow this thing. Snake tried to swallow me. That wasn't even the prop snake. That was just some snake. So, yeah, they hire a boat, and they're going to go down the river looking for this lost tribe, the people of the mist, and, and do a documentary about them. And while they're heading down the river, they encounter John Voigt, who plays Paul Cerrone, who has been shipwrecked, and they pick him up, and they're like, well, they explain what they're doing. He's like, well, don't worry about it. You take me down the river to the next village. I know the people there. They'll help me fix my boat. Everything seems innocuous, and they tell him they're looking for the people in the mess. He's like, "Oh, those people saved my life. I know exactly where where I can take you." And he starts trying to lead them in a certain direction. And Eric Stoltz, who's in charge, is like, yeah, "I don't think so. We're going to go this way." And that's where the antagonism first starts. But it isn't long before you find out that yeah, John Voight is just wants to use them all so he can capture a legendary giant anaconda and you know things go 
extremely downhill from there. Right, but like I, I like the way it's presented initially, though, because it's presented as if Eric's and you and you feel like yeah, that that could work because you feel like all right, yeah, Eric Stoltz has like read some maps, but he's not like from there. Whereas you know, Sarone uh, has mentioned that he's been on this river forever. Now he could be lying to them. Probably is. Um, you could understand why they're skeptical because all their research says otherwise. But you could also understand why Sarone is just like, no man, I've actually seen them. I I know where we're going. You're wrong. Well, you know, it, it works. It's actually played off like Eric Stoltz is being a smug bastard, and Paul Sarone right. being like, "Yeah, I'm from here. I'm just trying to help. You don't want to listen to me, don't." Right, right. I like that little. I like the way they set that up because exactly he is, and he kind of is being a smug bastard. But again, like he's done months, if not years, of research, and here's this guy telling him, "Nah, that's all wrong." But at the same time, he is from there. And and again, it, it it does parallel some of the antagonism of Quint and Matt Hooper from Jaws. You got the educated college man against the man who's been out there doing right. this. Who knows more about sharks, college boy or the guy who spent right. his last, you know, thirty years combating being with great them. whites. Yeah. So, Eric Stoltz is actually the first person taken out of the movie he's not killed no there's there's a sequence where the boat gets caught up and you know the, the rope gets caught in the pet propeller and he goes puts on his scuba equipment to go underwater and cut it loose and something happens and you find out that a wasp somehow got into his i mean i think at first it's implied that you know oh, the wasp crawled in there when he had right. it stored and he ended up inhaling this wasp and being stung inside his throat. They Which, managed to yeah. uh, they managed to get him out of the water. John Voigt gives him a emergency tracheotomy, and immediately says, "All right, we got to get your you know we're stuck on the river. We got to go back. You, we got to get your guy to to a hospital as soon as possible." Right. And again, at first you're like, oh, all right, well, yeah, he's he's trying to help. He's willing to go back upriver, but that's where it comes in again, where he's like, oh, no, no, we don't want to go back to where we came. We'll have to fight the current. Right. Add an extra two days. If we go this way, we'll get 50 miles. It'll cut 50 miles from the journey. And of course, right. Jennifer Lopez, the media is like, isn't this the way you wanted us to go before? He's like, yeah, that's what I wanted to show you the people in the mess. Now we got to get your guy back to the hospital as quickly as possible. Which, again, if you don't know this is a movie and you're not paying attention to how, like, he's obviously trying to act evil because that's how this movie is, it's it's a re- he's making reasonable and understandable points. Like, there's I, nothing there's nothing too out of school here. If if Cerrone and I appreciate a, that. If Cerrone had a mustache, he'd be twirling at every other scene. For real, like he's you missing know. an eye patch. I don't know why they didn't give him an eye patch. He should totally have an eye patch. <laughs> Well, they gave him a scar down his face. Right. But yeah, I mean, you almost imagine like before he got here, he was tying women to railroad tracks and challenging Mounties in Canada. For sure. For sure. Like if played slightly differently from anyone else, you'd almost be surprised that he was a villain. Yeah. I mean, again, he's just so over the top. He's so enjoyable to watch, which, again, is really helped sell the movie more than any other aspect of this movie. For sure, because the movie is ultimately over the top. I mean, it's about a giant man-eating snake. So he helps set that tone. Yes. So while they're heading back up the river, they encounter this dam put there by 
you know, obviously the indigenous population and Sarone's like, oh, we'll blow it up. And, you know, they're, they're constantly arguing back and forth with, with John Voight's character, but you know, they blow up the, 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 but that causes a too big of an explosion and they end up losing some of their fuel when the, the fuel tanks are knocked overboard. And as they continue on, they encounter the boat, which we know was manned, manned by Danny Trejo at the beginning of the film. And Sharon's like, well, we should probably go over there and see if there's any more fuel so we can, we can continue our journey better. They make their way over, and the captain of the boat is killed. He gets separated from Ice Cube, John Voight, and the captain of the boat go over by themselves to, you know, they have to walk through waist deep water through all these, you know, overgrown. I don't know if they're mangroves, but they're that type of, you know, tree that grows into the swamp and they make their way over, but they couldn't find any fuel, but they do pick up some supplies. And as John Voigt and Ice Cube head back, Captain Mateo is attacked and killed by a giant anaconda. They don't see this so that when Ice Cube and, and, and John Voigt get back to their boat, they're like, well, where's Mateo? And John Voigt's like, well, we should probably leave. He's probably not coming. And then they have this argument like, well, we're not leaving somebody behind. And Ice Cube goes back looking for him. And he keeps going like, Mateo, where are you at? Stop playing, man. It's like, right. dude, do you really think this guy is playing? Like he's hiding Hide and seek, giggling. <laughs> right. Like this would be the time. Yeah. No, the guy's not playing. Obviously, this is, he's been killed. You right. Or at that... least he can't answer you anyway. <laughs> right. And and it wasn't like it was that far away. No. You know. You or that long ago. To... Like he's not thirty miles away. He can hear no, you. Exactly. If he can hear you. Yeah. He didn't get lost. So when he gets back to the boat and, and Paul uh, and John Voight and, and some of the others like, well, we need to keep moving. Jennifer Lopez is like, we're not leaving behind. We're staying here waiting and we're going to keep lights on until the captain comes back. And I'm, all you're doing is thinking is like, wait, aren't you in a hurry to get your dying Eric Stoltz back to the hospital? Exactly. You want to sit here and wait for a guy who's... I understand the humanity of, like, we're not leaving sure. the person yeah. But... Read the situation for what it is, yeah. Yeah, I, you're forgetting... You need to get your guy to the hospital. And everybody, including... Even if you don't trust John Voight, which you shouldn't, but even if you don't... He knows what's going on. He knows if a guy is... And, like, the the other guy says, it's like, don't you understand? She's like, when he wants to go, Jennifer Lopez says to him, if you were the one out there, you'd want us to wait. He says, if I was the one out there, I'd be dead, which is the whole right. point. Right, right, right. That's why they keep stressing, you know, stay on the boat, stay on the boat. That's why most of the movie takes place on the boat. Yeah. And it's also at this point where they first learn from John Voight that there are giant anacondas out there that will kill you and eat you. So... They continue on, and it becomes more and more apparent that John Voight is trying to capture a giant snake, and you know he's willing to 
put everybody at risk to get the snake. Right, you have to, Captain Quint, uh, you know, you're call me Ishmael, all that. Right. And he is unfortunately able to convince Owen Wilson <clears throat> to go along with this on him. And Owen Wilson starts trying to make the whole comment, like, well, we came here to make a documentary. That's obviously not going to happen because the situation went south. But first of all, this guy knows how to survive out here, so we should be listening to him. And second, we can salvage something by us filming him capturing this giant snake. And finally, for the first time, Ice Cube remembers the story as it's going and is saying, right. well, wait a minute, aren't we trying to get Eric Stokes <laughs> to the hospital because he's dying? Fair point. We had to do, he's been poisoned by some... The whole reason we're going down this river, this, this river in particular, yeah. Yeah. So, of course, you know, um, this is when they basically really get, you know, the villain turn, not only of, I mean, not so much a turn. We, we, we've known he's a villain, but this is when he starts going into more straight villain and Owen Wilson starts taking his side, whether he's even like when Paul Cerrone pulls the gun on the people, right. he's, he's even still like, no, we, we, we got to do this. Now this is after they've found the uh, the the giant snakeskin, right? Yes. So and and that's one of the things like like well the skin alone is probably valuable. I mean just knowing that you know near where the snake is is probably hugely valuable. But I understand a the movie has to happen and b Sarone being Sarone that they're going to hunt it down. But yeah, it's a little weird how easily Owen Wilson turns. <laughs> well, and and Sarone keeps saying, you know, that the snake is worth you know, up to a million dollars. And it's like... Right. Right. To who? Right. Who is buying this giant snake for a million dollars? <laughs> and I thought of, you know, maybe a huge rap star and you thought, you know, super villain. Super, yeah, drug lord, you know. <laughs> and, <laughs> exactly. And, and you're right, you know, somebody out there has to supply these animals to the James Bond villain. This could be taking place in the James Bond universe, and he's the one that brings the giant snake to the Bond villain. Well, plus he keeps saying, like, he keeps saying it's worth more alive. That's probably true. It's still going to be worth an awful lot dead, though. Like, right. because, because my basic understanding is that his whole thing is like, oh, it'll be useful in a King Kong, like, basically for the same reason as King Kong, right? For the, essentially. But it's like, look, Yes, they would probably prefer it alive, but they'll be just as happy to prove it dead. I mean, you know, they'll stretch it out. They'll do the weight. It'll be like man found. Like, you'll still be rich and famous or whatever. Yeah. But again, that's more of the legal people, like the scientific research and zoologists that would. But they ain't paying a million dollars for it. Right, right. No, I don't know who his snake fence is. Because, like, can you imagine, though? Just just imagine it all works out and you come back with this, I don't know, 120-foot snake or however big it is, like, and you give it to your guy to, like, then, I guess, fence? <laughs> what well, do you do with that? The other like, bro. Thing of, it, of it, too, is, like, <laughs> this is not a big boat. Even if they do capture it, right. they're keeping the damn thing. Right, the snake's as big as the boat, yeah. I mean... Sharon well, quite, again but... has has like some sort of tranquilizer that he wants to use to like put the snake out. But even then, right. I suppose maybe, you know, if he's got enough to keep it sedated the entire journey, they can just have it curled up somewhere. I mean, this thing has to be 30, 40 feet long because at some point it, you know, it, it swallows a man whole 
and that thing is maybe halfway through the body, may, not even. Yeah. So like it's oh, it's yeah. huge. So yeah, exactly. Like okay, you've caught it. Now what? Uh, it's a good. I, I would say two feet in diameter, maybe three right. feet in diameter. Right. Like you've caught it, and then then, you know, I guess drag it behind the boat. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, their first attempt to, to catch the snake goes horribly wrong, and Owen Wilson is killed in the attempt. And they, of course, you know, try to, like, you know, Ice Cube in particular tries to take out Sarone, but Sarone gets the better of all of them and takes control of the boat and says, like, no, I'm in command now, and Anybody who doesn't follow me, I'll just kill you. So as they're heading down the river again, Jennifer Lopez comes up with this brilliant idea to try to seduce him. Right. Out of nowhere. <laughs> I she, like, like, Sarone is a lot of things, but he's proven by now he's not stupid. No. And after she's justifiably found him repugnant the entire time right. and made no effort to hide the fact she found him repugnant. Right. Plus, clearly she has a thing for Eric Stoltz, and she knows, and he knows it, because he's paid attention. And she's argued with him about every decision so far. Suddenly, she's coming in all demure and saying, like, well, we'll help you catch the snake, and we'll right. film it, and I think you're just so cute. Right. And he's even like, what do you think? And then, like, as Ice-T... I'm sorry, Ice Cube sneaks in to get him. He's immediately on to them. He's like, right. what do you think? I'm dumb? Of right. course, the joke is on us because that was all part of their plan. Right. Because they were both just the distraction for Jonathan Hyde to sneak up on him and smack him over the head with the golf club. Right, right. And it's, it's, it, it is well done because when you're watching it, you're just like, oh, come on. There's no chance he's believing this. But once again, showing us that the characters in the movie aren't pay atten paying attention to the plot of their movie. Jonathan Hyde wants to keep bashing his skull in until he's dead. And Ice Cube Wise wants to toss, toss him overboard. Oh. Jennifer Lopez, no, let's tie him up. But it's like, why? Yeah. Get yeah. rid of this guy. He's already shown he's willing to kill you. He's dangerous. Right. I mean, I understand, you know, I've never been in the situation. I understand some people are hesitant to take another person's life, but at the very least, don't tie him up, abandon him. I was just going to say, kick him off the boat and let him be the jungle's problem. Yeah. Yeah. If he obviously knows how to survive. And if he does, then yeah. Let him go try to survive. Yeah. Right. Like technically he hasn't, he's, he's arguably responsible for Owen Wilson's death. You could say Owen Wilson got himself get, killed. I would. Um, like at this point, you know, yeah. Yeah. But of course that make the movie choice. So, but, yeah. but uh, yeah, even if you don't blame him for Owen Wilson's death and you, you you're right. It, it was Owen Wilson's own fault. He has pulled the gun on them several times. Oh, for sure. Outright, he's willing to kill. Oh yeah, so, yeah, no, totally. And and you get the impression he hasn't said it, but you know he's thinking it. Like he'll totally use them as bait at this point. He doesn't care. He's gone. He's gone far enough. Like he's he's getting the snake no matter what. Right. So they continue down the river, and unfortunately, they bottom out on some rocks. 
And as Ice Cube, Jennifer Lopez, and Jonathan Hyde go to bring cables to trees so they can winch themselves off the rocks, Kari Werher, who was the love interest of Owen Wilson, walks up on Tied Up Cerrone and says she's going to kill him with this knife. And of course, because this is a movie, Cerrone, even though he's tied up, is able to get his legs around her neck and strangle her to death. It's kind of, I mean, okay, so it's a conflicting scene because on the one hand, you're like, oh man, Kari, like, what are you doing? Like, this is, this is kind of dumb because you know what's going to happen. But what they, but, and, and, you know, from that end, it's kind of whatever. But at the same time, what they do make it kind of, I don't know, cool is the right word, badass, flavorful. I don't know, because she's got the knife and she says to him, you know, you should say a prayer. I'm going to kill you or something along those lines. And then, of course, he does the thing where he he he's able to overpower her by like wrapping his legs around her and strangle her. But as he's strangling her to death, he's praying. Well, even even before that, you know, he he tricks her into saying, never look into the eyes of somebody you're going to kill. Yeah. It'll haunt you forever. And that distracts her enough for right. him to like leap up and, and get his, his legs around her throat. But this, of course, so he's able to cut himself free. So as the others are trying to get the, the cables to winch themselves free, the anaconda returns. And while Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube are able to get back to the boat, Jonathan... Hyde actually distracts the snake, gets the snake to chase him so they can get back. He tries his best to get away. Unfortunately, he's killed by the snake. Like you said, he does get It's a well. pretty metal scene, though. You should watch it. I'm not going to describe it, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. He does get to go out with like a hero, but Sharon showing again just what a badass he is, is able to take on both Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube who are attacking him. And he's got the upper hand again until, oh, wait, that's right. Eric Stoltz is in this movie. Right. He wakes up from the coma he's been in and takes out Sharon. Again, smacking him over the back of the head, which should have probably put Sharon in a coma. The second head trauma in as many hours. And, and you know what, though? I mean, this, this scene works because you do completely forget for a while that Eric Stoltz is in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But somehow, Cerrone still gets away. But he's gone. He has left the boat, and Stoltz, uh, Stoltz again falls unconscious. So now it's just Ice Cube. Well, he's he's not dead, but now it's Ice Cube and right, Jennifer right. Lopez again, continuing down the river. They come across some sort of Riverside factory. I'm not entirely sure. It might have been a logging camp or whatever, but it's abandoned, it's overgrown, but they go in to look to see if they can find any fuel. And that's where Cerrone shows up again, overpowers the two of them, once again wants to capture the the snake. They actually, we should point out, uh, during the last battle, they managed to kill a giant anaconda. Right. They're able to shoot it, but of course there's more than one. Right, and because right, earlier we didn't mention it, but earlier um, after they had blown up a, a like some sort of dam, well, not really a dam because it didn't stop the water, like a gate, like some sort of man-made gate, obviously to keep whoever was going down the river to not go that way. Um, 
uh, uh, when it blew up, the boat got like rained on by a bunch of like tiny anacondas. Right. So it implies that, yeah, there's potentially a whole family of these things. So she covers, he ties them up and covers them with monkey blood. And again, it's, I'm no zoologist, I'm no snake expert, but I don't think these things hunt by the scent of smell. Right. And certainly, like, like they, they strangle live and swallow things. their play, prey whole. Right. And live. Yeah. So it's not. Like they're attracted by they're not the wolves. What <laughs> again? Right, they're not wolves. And, they're not sharks. The other thing about this the snake is it makes some alien yes. screechy noises and all sorts of things. Yes, it does. Uh, which which we're again, provided by Frank Welker. Frank Welker. Frank Welker doing the anaconda snake voice. Another thing to add to his resume. Yep. Um, but this is the final battle. And while the, uh, Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube are able to get themselves free, but now there's like a three-way fight between the Snake, Sarone, Lopez, and Cube. Sarone gets his comeuppance. He's crushed by the Snake, and they actually see him getting swallowed whole while they're 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 trying to get away. But that's not the last we see of Sarone. No. Because during the melee, the <laughs> snake regurgitates Sarone right in front of Lopez. But, and snake had to cut weight. He's in a fight. Dead, not kind of dead, but his last thing is he gives Jennifer Lopez a little wink. His signature little wink. Over. Yeah. Yep. Which he does earlier in the movie, which I'm pretty sure that's the only reason why he does it earlier in the movie, is just to call back later. Yeah, have this little callback. It works though, it's fun. Well, yeah. Cube people to work together and blow up the snake, and the snake has this very sci-fi alien, you know, it's in flames and yes. screeching and I refuse to die type of thing. And spectacular climax. They get back to the boat, continue to head down river. Eric Stoltz, who has been dying this entire time. <laughs> yes. From the very venomous, very poisonous. We gotta get him back. Yeah, stung him inside his throat. Well, right. He seems to be doing just fine now. Oh, sure, he can talk. Yeah, yeah. Despite being tracheotomied in the field, right? Yep. And as they're going, well, who do they run into but the legendary people of the mist? Yes, right Cerrone where Cerrone, right where Cerrone said they were gonna be. And despite all the horror and death they've gone through, Ice Cube's like, well, I'll get the camera. I mean, you know, you're there. And that's where the movie closes out. And it's like, um, shouldn't at this point you just make a notation on the map? Right. Come back later. Home, and then maybe come back later and continue with your documentary. Right. Right. You know, Again, because you're in the jungle with the guy who has an open wound in his throat. Right. But, like I said, the characters of the movie do seem to have trouble keeping track of the plot. Yeah, which is, you know, part and parcel with the um, with a lot of horror movies. Um, 
this right. is yeah, and it's not it's not the best movie we're going to talk about, but it is a it is a hell of a lot of fun. No, exactly. and honestly, if you're sitting if you if you're gonna sit and watch a movie about a giant snake, then yeah, you're gonna get some you you gotta get some stuff like that the inconsistencies. What what impressed me twenty five years later is um and you know maybe there was some cleanup done for the for the print that we're watching, but um the snake effects still hold up, and I believe it's mostly if not entirely CGI. Oh yeah, um, they do they, they they hold up. They don't they don't look. I mean, it still looks like a giant snake. It still looks somewhat CGI, but I, I don't know. I, I remember being impressed in the theater, and uh, it still looks pretty good now. So the, you know, kudos the... to the effects folks. Definitely some animatronic, like, you know, actual, you know, snakes, like, well, right, I know animatronic you robotic yeah. snakes, but yeah, um, some of the CGI is a little janky, but again, it's, it's 97, it's only, it's about, 97 CGI, right, yeah. but it's still, it's still effective. Yeah. And it was, this movie was done on a much lower budget than say Jurassic Park. Oh, for is, sure. You know, made, you know, a few years earlier, but yeah, I mean. And and if you're into this type of movie, that's not going to bother you, anyways. No, honestly, if you're into this type of movie, um, you already know where its failings are going to be, so you won't be too surprised where they are. Right, right. And it's like watching a zombie small... movie. You you know where you know what's going to happen in a zombie movie, more or less. So like when certain tropey things happen, you're either like me and you're like you smile, and it's like okay, this is comfy, like a nice chair, or you're just like, well, yeah, I expected that. It's a zombie. And, and for such a small cast, it really does keep things going because for the entire movie, it really is just these few people. It's it's a it's a it's a solid pace for such a slow boat. Yeah, yeah. It makes me wonder too if if part of that whole Danny Trejo it probably was because a lot of times when, when a movie has like you know obviously we got to do some setup before we get to the you know battling the snake. Well, let's do a Right. where we get to see you know somebody attacked and and killed by said snake right maybe that was yeah we don't want to make people wait too long kind of deal you know yeah it wouldn't surprise me if initially maybe even that um danny trejo sequence was filmed but originally later in the movie right like maybe midway or or like he was probably going to be the first to kill but probably just before that they would have seen the the snake or something right the, the when they find his boat yeah but yeah, like I said, not only is John Voight our whip, my whip pistol award winner, he is the entire reason to watch the movie. Oh, for sure, for sure. He's he's like I said, he's the best and worst. Like you said, rather, I'm sorry, he, he's the best and worst part of the movie. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, just so much, so much fun. Yeah, you know, well, it's a classic. It's a good classic monster movie, and and your well, parallel to the creature, the Black Lagoon, I think, is very apt. And and. Jennifer Lopez gives a good performance. Ice Cube gives his, you know, typical, you know, if you're a fan of Ice Cube, you get Ice Cube, even making reference to his own rap career with showing up yes. and it's a good day. It's a good day, yep. I'm pretty sure he's listening to his own rap at some point in the movie. Um, Owen Wilson is Owen Wilson. You know, uh, so, so. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah wow. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, you know, he, he is. Yeah, wow. It it, it works for him. It got him where he I, is I mean, today. I can. I, I like Owen Wilson. So. Yeah. Uh, this is like I said. This is pretty much. I, I'm I'm certain it's the first thing I'd ever seen him in. 
Uh, I think, as you said, not on this, but when we were watching it, like he'd only been in two other things, Bottle Rocket. I forget what the other thing was, but neither of which I would have seen. Um, and honestly, I'm pretty sure I might have confused him for Billy Zapka. Like back in 97. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, like, yeah, we, we didn't really know. Owen Wilson was certainly not Owen Wilson yet. Right, right. Wouldn't be for at least a couple more years. Because if anything, I, I would say if the movie was made, you know, a few years later, he probably would have got the Eric Stoltz role. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, you're probably right. Or maybe even the Ice Cube role. <laughs> Who would have been Serrano? I can only think of John Voight in that role now. <laughs> well, you know, again... Serone, rather, not Serrano. Uh, go back 10, 15, uh, 10 or so years, I think Danny Trejo would have gotten the, the full role. as. Oh, well. sure. Yeah. A uh, little bit further on, yeah. They would have been like, no, we you're you're going to be our, 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 our villain. Because he would have really been amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, that would have taken it a whole different level, yeah. It would have been a different tone to the movie. I don't know if the movie would be as memorable, though. Yeah, it's, hard to say. Hard, hard, hard to say. Yeah. It really is John Voight that that is the you know. Like we've said it several times. When you're not seeing the snake, I mean, he is ultimately the one carrying the film. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and. Um, the movie had several sequels, only one which went to theaters. Um, Anacon... Which blew my mind when it did, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anacon does hunt for the blood orchid or search for the blood orchid, which I often wonder, too, if, it, if that one started out as an entirely separate movie and they rebranded it as an Anaconda sequel. Now you've seen it, and and you said it was pretty decent, right? Uh, yeah, I've never I, seen it. It's it's, and again, it's it kind of like Alien to Aliens, Anaconda to Anacondas, definitely ups the action. I was gonna say, is it more like um, they're expecting to have some sort of like resistance by something, so they come a little bit armed, and you get a little bit more of a and firefight, it such as you can't have, I guess, with an Anaconda. It definitely feels like they up the budget it definitely feels like a bigger movie than this one gotcha gotcha so they threw it do you remember who any of the stars were or is this one where they've kind of threw it into the effects budget i think they threw it all into the budget because i can picture everybody in the movie but i can't think of a single um name of of who was in it all right i gotta get around to watching it it's it's a lot of fun yeah i don't think it's as much fun as this it has a bit more of a serious tone Oh, really? But, um, yeah, it, it definitely focuses more on uh, tension and suspense and um, uh, uh, scares. It's it's a bit darker. Oh, okay. Whereas this is more like the more you, you know, again, I hadn't seen Creature from the Black Lagoon, but I know where you're going with that. This does really feel more like a throwback to those. Yeah. Uh, now that now that you say that, like I, I guess I never really thought about it that way. But you're right; it's more of a throwback to like a classic monster movie. Uh, by the time they reached Anaconda three, it was direct to Sci-Fi Channel, starring David Hasselhoff. Right. That got a sequel, and then the fifth Anaconda movie is 
Lake Placid versus Anaconda, so it's a... Which, I get it, but yeah, it's a silly name. <laughs> but from what I understand, it's one of the best of the Anaconda and Lake Placid sequels. That's interesting. So, Because it's, it's Freddy versus Jason, not Friday the 13th versus A Nightmare on Elm Street, right? But like, I don't know what... The Anaconda doesn't have a name. It's not like Jerry or something. And the Placid well, Crocodile doesn't have a name either. Since like Steve, the anacondas and the crocodiles are always killed by the end of those movies, that too. it's yeah. different ones each time. Right. Although speaking of, you mentioned like, you know Freddy versus Jason, Robert Englund's in those uh, late classic sequels as well. Oh, is he? All right, cool. Uh, the other thing about two is, and again, I don't know this, but according to my research, I I looked it up on the internet. The sequel, Anaconda's Search for the Blood Orchid, takes place in Borneo, not South America. And again, oh. from what I understand, anacondas are only in South America. Right. They have pythons in Borneo. So again, that makes me think that this movie started out as probably a yeah. giant python movie. And the executive's like, no, if we brand it as an Anaconda sequel, we at least guarantee ticket sales to the big Anaconda fans. For sure. Like, that wouldn't be the first time, yeah. Or at least it's 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 vaguely recognizable, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, I can't really recommend the Sci-Fi Channel sequels, but I can uh, recommend Search for the Blood. Search for the Blood Orchid or Hunt for the Blood Orchid. The exact title escapes me at the moment. Gotcha. Blood orchids are in the title. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I gotta get around to seeing it. Um, yeah, I have it on DVD if you want to borrow it. Anything else to say about uh, Anaconda? No, no. Um, no, I think I've said, I think we've said all, all we can. Like, uh, again, it's a, it's a memorable movie as much because, again, that, that, that first year where we really kind of went on our own and, and made an effort to see just about everything we could, or at least everything we thought that might have been cool. Um, so there's the nostalgia factor for that, but it does it does hold up. It's still a, it's still a fun popcorn flick. Um, it's a good Saturday afternoon movie. It's a good Friday night movie. You know, you can curl up with your girlfriend, your significant other, you know, whoever. Um it's just fun. It's a good movie to watch for almost every mood. I mean, you mentioned horror, uh, and it's horror in the aspect of people getting killed by a giant snake, of course. But again, it's it's um, again, I like your analogy to the to the to the sort of classic monster movie feel. It's it's a bit closer to like a, a King Kong than it is, say, Jaws. And, and again, at least with you having Jennifer Lopez and. Ice Cube, who are in the entirety of the movie, they are yeah, they are the stars, two, really. Two stars, <laughs> yeah. You at least have that recognition factor to get maybe a friend to come and watch it with you. Exactly, yeah. And they're very entertaining, so it's sure. it's, it's not like one of those many movies like this where they throw a big name star in it and they either phone in their performance or they're only in like fifteen minutes of the movie. Right. No, they're there for the whole entire time. This is a Jennifer Lopez Ice Cube movie. Oh, for sure. All right. So what do you got for recommendations? Um, I mean, as far as like, you know, themed recommendations, um, I'll bring up something relatively recent in the Meg. Um, the Meg was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, Jake Stathen. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Um, and uh, Rain Wilson. Yeah, he's also great in it. Um, 
I haven't. I had another one, and I just completely blanked on it. Uh, go ahead with yours. I'll, I'll think of it. All right. Well, I'm going to go with two movies that actually came out 10 years later in 2007. Both of them crocodile movies oh, taking yeah. place in Australia. Oh, both of them. Blackwater takes place in Australia. And that's, you know, very similar to Anaconda, but it's a crocodile. As does Rogue starring Dominic Purcell. These are both, you know, people trapped in swamps being stalked by crocodiles. Yep. So Rogue and Blackwater. And I guess there's a sequel to Blackwater called Blackwater Abyss, but I have not seen that one. I just um I just remember the other movie now. Also a shark movie and one that we might cover, um, but it's a heck of a lot of fun like this and is uh Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea, that really cool movie. Um and then I'm also gonna recommend the nineteen eighty two Robert Forrester starring Alligator, which takes place in the city. Oh, right on. But it's another great creature feature of a oversized reptil reptilian attacker. Right on. Um, what do you got for, you got any random recommendations? Um, I mean, I don't know if, if, if this movie needs to be a recommendation, but I'm staring at it and, um, getting ready because I haven't seen these in a while. Uh, uh, Die Hard, uh, the, the first three of them. Die Hard, one, two, three. Exactly. Exactly. I don't suppose they need any, any introduction, but I'm looking right at them and it occurs to me because we were just discussing it. Like, I don't think I've seen the first three diehards in close to 20 years now and I need to remedy that. But you know what? Since you bring it up, it was just recently announced um, the unfortunate illness facing yes. Bruce Willis. So I do want to give love and respect to both Bruce Willis and his family. Yep. Because this is just, you know, it. It's going to be heartbreaking for his family to have to watch him go through this. For sure. And, you know, I, I can't even, e- even you know, imagine, you know, the, the uh, yeah, love and respect. Love and respect. And you know what? I mean, selfishly, I really enjoyed Bruce Willis movies. Um, so this sucks. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it sucks all around. Uh, and my recommendation is also kind of less random because, as you probably heard, Raquel Welch passed away this week. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to recommend my favorite Raquel Welch movie, Hanny Calder. It's a Western. Okay. Um, it's a very typical Western, in fact, except that instead of the man going out for vengeance, it's the woman going out for vengeance. Okay. And it's got a great cast with Struther Martin, Ernest Borgnine, Robert Culp, and and only one scene, well, only one part of the movie, the late, great Christopher Lee. Oh, neat. And Robert Culp, Raquel Welch, and Christopher Lee have a scene where they're in a cabin defending themselves from attacking bandits. And just for that alone, to see those three actors shooting it out with bandits is, and I believe it's the only Western Christopher Lee was ever involved in. Oh, wow. So, Handy Calder is my random recommendation. Yeah, I mean, the only other movie, the only other Western I can immediately think of where it's the um, the woman seeking revenge might be like Quick of the Dead. Yep. 
Yeah. That's the only one that comes to mind off the top of my head. I mean, you'd know better than I, but. Well, yeah. there were plenty, you know, there, there were plenty like, you know, uh, uh, Pam Greer made a couple of, of those as well. But. Oh, cool. Um, Henny Calder was probably among the first. I don't even think it was the first. Right. But, you know, first of all, you get to look at Raquel Welch the entire time. When did this, when was this come out? 50s, 60s? I want to say 1971. Oh, 71. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else? Um, no, that's all I got. Uh, do you have a Magnificent Seven Degrees or should I just go right to mine? I do, but it's kind of cheating because half of it is um, actually your uh, Magnificent Seven. So I'll, um, I'm going to do this a little bit weird, um, but it will, it'll all make sense in the end. Um, not too long ago, you pointed out that Paul Williams was in the Muppet movie. And I'll get to why I mentioned Paul Williams in a second. Paul Williams is in the Muppet movie. I think you also said he wrote Rainbow Connection? Yes. Okay. Because that song's, I think that song was credited to Jim Henson, but whatever. Uh, so I just wasn't sure. That's why I was asking. I just wanted to make sure that was right. Um, and of course, uh, Paul Williams, Muppet Show, and James Coburn is in the Muppet Show. Now, Paul Williams, he was in Smokey and the Bandit with Jerry Reed, who, uh, and Jerry Reed was in Scooby Doo, Where Are You? Um, who, uh, among other voices i know he did fred jones uh frank welker who is the voice of the anaconda so i did this one kind of backwards but mostly because i wanted to point out that the um the uh, smoky and the bandit connection was technically yours so frank welker being the anaconda uh who is in scooby-doo where are you as the voice of fred jones and probably other voices and i think he's scooby now um uh uh Harry, I'm sorry, Jerry Reed was in Scooby-Doo or Are You. He's like one of the guest stars. He was in Smokey and the Bandit with Paul Williams, who was in the Muppet movie with James Colbert. The Muppet, uh, Muppet movie, who was in the Muppet show with James Colbert. All right. All right. Uh, the easiest thing to do, of course, here is, you know, because it was, I, I feel it's kind of cheating because it's, such, it's basically a cameo with uh, Danny Trejo. Yeah, Danny Trejo was in Death Wish 4 with Charles Bronson. <laughs> right on. That's right. And it's it's tiny roles for him in both. So I'm going to, you know, I, I kind of felt like I was cheating. And I'm I mean, go... I certainly cheated. I just wanted to use Frank Welker because I wanted to mention Frank Welker in Scooby-Doo. I'm going to go. John Voight was in Deliverance with Burt Reynolds. Yes. And Burt Reynolds was in Fuzz with Yul Brynner. Oh, right on. Also in Fuzz. Raquel Welch. Also in Fuzz, Raquel Welch. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up the way the Anaconda wrapped up several characters in this film. You can find us as always on Twitter and Instagram at Movie Matt Sorois, all one word, M O V I E M A T T S I R O I S, and on Facebook at The Movie Asylum of the Weird bad and the wonderful we thank you as always for listening and hope to have you back next time thank you everyone stay gold people